Welcome to Mindset U Podcast, your source of mindset education. We aim to provide you with free, valuable education for you to thrive. Enjoy. Today's podcast is four of four. In the other three, we talked about post-traumatic growth, values, and group values, and how all this can impact the way we view ourselves in the world and the actions that we take. Today, we're going to focus on group conflicts and emotions. I think we just uncovered something uh, which has to do with kind of defining vulnerability. As you were talking about, when you define the vulnerability as questioning self, right? And I was talking about before where part of your brain that goes offline, turning that on, consciously making an effort, turning that on is what vulnerability is. Questioning that narrative. If we can think of it as a practical, useful skill that you can derive from this, is the idea that you look at an experience, a story, then question the opposing possibilities. Almost like you're arguing against yourself. I would argue that's thinking. The interesting part about this is that in, in another book, they were talking about in relationships, they tried an experiment like that where to help in in conflict they had both partners like let's say they're arguing about something and then both partners would write down their what their partners views would be but what it did actually was it created more anger because they just thought of better ways to combat what their partner would say now if you think of it within yourself and you keep going back and forth eventually you're going to exhaust yourself with this back and forth argument because I would say this and then I would say this, right? But that's a skill, right? We've talked about that. That's a skill that you need to practice to be able to have that kind of internal dialogue. But when you recognize that you're not building someone outside of you, you're not fighting someone outside of you, you're fighting yourself. That opens up your mind. So that turns on that prefrontal cortex that is logically thinking all possibilities, perspectives, and creating like Jordan... uh, Peterson says, creating that that virtual world that you get to test and practice ideas in. And with that, you get to see how it makes sense in the real world. So the more accurate you get with those mental models, the more you can test them in the real world. But that perspective of, hey, can I be wrong? And then you go kind of question that into the real world. Now you're building kind of a repertoire of information when you're challenging yourself, not only back and forth but then you're looking for evidence that's essentially change that that also is the the logical thinking part of the thing not logical i don't want to say logical because it's the thinking part of vulnerability but then i feel like people need to understand what it feels like to be wrong and like that's why i like the renewed mindset program right Mm -hmm. like the ability to be vulnerable to like cry in front of people right like that's what scares everybody from this this thing it's not even the physical stuff right it's more like oh i'm I'm not sure if i'm ready to open up in front of people well why are you not why like you don't know these people what do they like happen well the the thing is you're afraid of crying in front of them you're afraid of exposing yourself in front of them so like Mm -hmm. you're not afraid of telling the story because you told me the story Mm -hmm. but what you're afraid of is the reaction of the story that you're going to have when you do tell the story so it's again going back to that you still haven't truly extinguished the emotions that lie within, right? Like, yeah, that trauma, that story, all of these things, you're going to feel it. But I, I would 
think that before you can even get to the part of I'm looking where to be wrong, you kind of have to know what it feels like to be wrong. Mm -hmm. You got to have to kind of deal with those like really uncomfortable emotions. Like, dude, when I got into that argument with you and you basically said I was like a piece of shit, mm -hmm. <laughs> I went hiking. I was all fucked up. I was like, damn, man, I fucked up. That was, I went hiking. I had to really allow myself to internalize that and feel it. Mm -hmm. And understand what it feels like to be wrong and not run away from it, which is what people do. They find coping mechanisms. And this would be easy. This is watching TV. This could be go scrolling through Instagram or your social media. This could be eating. This could be so many different things that we cope with these, what we would label as negative emotions, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Yeah, we don't believe in uh, positive or negative emotions. But I, I think there's a, there's, it goes with the righteousness of feeling and wanting to be right what does that's, that feel like bro? like that's what basically does it feel like being right what does feeling right feel like it's an ego trip right mm. you have to slaughter your ego that's what feeling wrong is yeah but what does it actually feel what does feeling wrong actually like physiologically like what are the sensations that people mm -hmm. go through and it can be very different for you and i mm -hmm. right like for me i could fucking tear up and shit for mm -hmm. you you might fucking laugh like who knows like mm -hmm. <laughs> Like physiologically, and I think understanding that, like just the patterns and the behaviors of how you interact with uncomfortable situations, physi physically, I think people like, they try to think their way like, or rationalize their way out of these emotions, but until you truly understand it, like you don't know the labels that you really place on them. Like you don't know the labels when, what you place on anger if you never really experience anger. Like I fucking love anger. I used to think that shit was bad. Mm -hmm. I see the value of anger now, but I needed to experience it. Right? Chris Rock talked about it, how he beat the shit out of somebody when he was a kid. And because he did that, he felt like so af afraid of expressing that anger that he became a pushover. The interpretation and the narrative he created with that emotion, he blocked himself from ever feeling that again because he never really kind of created the other narratives and the other kind of perspectives with that emotion the way i think about it is like it's development it's like a child developing we you know we have these physical things that we look for right oh can the baby crawl now is the baby rolling over things like that if we looked at that from the emotional development i think it would be similar things because mm -hmm. the baby in order to be able to t roll over for example needs to be able to turn his head it needs to be able to reach across his body like all these things build into rolling over into the action. If we were to look at emotional range in that same way, it's like, is the baby crying when you do something that bothers it? Is the baby screaming when you take away the bottle? Does the baby have that range? Now, we look at the physical things. Okay, we have the range, roll over, all that stuff. Now, using all those components to teach that, toddler how to throw a ball all those key components that needed to be used to roll over now are duplicated to a higher degree with emotions it stopped at that point for babies so no practice no okay when you're feeling angry this is what it means instead we say these are bad emotions so when you're feeling angry you need to stop that you need to be on punishment because this is this is not acceptable and we never learn how to move our emotions the way we learn to move our physical bodies yeah i think it's we're taught the labels to place on these emotions very quickly 
very easily as those are the labels that the people around us place on it mm-hmm. as a society as family as tribes whatever the case may be but i think that's the problem it's like okay so you get anger right so anger can be a bad thing right if it goes into the deep end right a bad thing quote unquote but this it's really more about the space that you can create between the emotion and your response it's like the smaller that space is between emotion and your response now it gets closer to a reaction which then becomes i guess damaging it can be damaging right like if you're angry if you're angry and you can't create enough space between anger and your response then you can probably kill somebody mm-hmm. and that's because you're not able you can't control it you never trained it you don't know what it feels like to get that angry so to create that space you don't you have no idea so it's first under actualizing the labels that we place on anger let's say for example remove the label and then allow you to experience the physiological responses of that emotion what it actually feels like elevated heart rate maybe for me it's really red in the face uh right tear frustration whatever the case may be and then allowing yourself to experience that in a safe environment which i think is the next thing is like where where do most people have a safe environment to do this to practice this and that's where the like the blockage comes so now before we close out to get specific on this like you're talking about anger specifically i mean this goes for all emotions but when we're talking about anger and emotional range and the ability to express emotions i be remorse if i didn't bring up men because unfortunately this is the reality for most men where there's no practice there's no levels for learning and expressing for us men we're taught to suppress our emotions to suppress our sadness, the need to cry, things like this. So we're taught to, as soon as we get an insight of this physiology that represents these emotions, to shut it down, to ignore it. And when it comes to anger, we're taught that we're either dangerous when we're angry, or we're taught that high levels of anger are okay. But then we go into the world and that's not okay. So you got men that like, okay, I guess I got to suppress this as well. And then now you don't have any practice of expressing your emotional ranges, which doesn't allow you to come full circle when we talk about that original study I talked about with the suicide rates, Mm -hmm. where you're not connecting with anyone else. How could you, when you don't know yourself, when you don't know your own emotions, how could you connect and integrate yourself with someone else? When you know nothing about this, you can't know anything about anyone else. I think this creates an isolation without that connection. That's why men commit suicide in such a high rates. Don't seek help when they need it. I think this is, this is a great opportunity when we talk about the practice of expressing the emotion. We talk about the experiences for us. The way we see that is through physical activity. We can put ourselves in the space to exhaust our physiology. Our physiology that practices so much in repression. And once that's exhausted, now you're left with the raw field of emotions and, and who you are and how you are and why you are and all your thoughts come bubbling up, which then allow you to see yourself for the first time. And when you see yourself, now you can care for yourself. Now you can open up yourself to connect with others. And in that connection, you can learn to have a community, to be open to a community and basically just live a happier meaningful purposeful life preach brother (laughs) what does your health love life spirituality career finances all have in common your mindset 
Mindset is the source of creating change. To learn how to install these and other life-transforming concepts, browse through our free collection of courses at vtheproject.com.